Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This is the Mark Boris Podcast. Uh, good morning. We're here at uh, X Studio again, top of the cross, looking down William Street. It's a cool looking day. Um, I'm off to South Africa tomorrow, so uh, this is the highlight of my week again. I've got to go to South Africa for a day, which is a pain in the neck. Um, I have a great lineup today, really cool day today. We've got some really interesting people. So, uh, good morning, everybody. I should say first and foremost, uh, Jake, Nick, Boris, Nick Fordham. And also we have in, a, in the room today Roxy Jacenko, uh, who of course was on The Celebrity Apprentice many years ago and I've been desperate to get her on some sort of show with me and um, here we are today. And of course Roxy's well-known to everybody, the PR guru, um, amongst many other things too. She's a bloody good business person as well. Um, and we've got Sarah Jane Clark, uh, Sarah Jane Clark of course, is well known as a of as a co-founder of Sass and Bide, and um, of course they did the the mega deal, which I always loved to know, and they sold their business, and she's now still with Sass and Bide. Is that right, Sarah Jane? No, not doing any consulting, nothing. No consulting. And no. the great thing about Sarah Jane, not the great thing. <laughs> one of the things about Sarah Jane, I just wanted to mention, I should declare early, is that her husband is a good friend of mine, and uh, Daniel. I don't know if you knew that, Nick. I saw the last name, and I thought there might have been a connection. There. And, uh, the son and of David. David, that's yeah. right. And her and Daniel's father, David, was someone I learned a hell of a lot from, and I worked with for eight years in um, back in the eighties. And uh, I owe a great debt to that man for teaching me many, many things. Um, so that's pretty cool for me to have an opportunity to sit down with Sarah Jane and uh, Roxy, and we're going to talk about. Well, by the way, what's what's equally important is that. Um, both of them have agreed to be part of the Uber Pitch, which I'm very excited about. Um, Uber Pitch is a, a cool new concept for Australia. Um, Uber have joined up with the Mark Burra Show, which is not me, it's the show, the whole concept. And the concept of the show is about talking to people who have great ideas, who never have an opportunity to sit down on any platform and pitch their idea. So Uber and uh, myself and Sarah Jane and Roxy and others, uh, Matt Barry, Daniel Petrie, uh, uh, John Winning, have I left anybody out? That's about it. That's it. Have uh, we're all going to sit down on the 29th of this month, and we're going to do it at uh, Sidstart, and we're going to announce to Sidstart with probably maybe somewhere between 1,500 and 2,000 young aspiring entrepreneurs and startups. Um, They're all going to be there at the Sidstart function. We're going to tell them about the Uber pitch. 
and we're going to invite them to get onto the app, the Uber app, and uh, put up their idea to us and then we're going to sit down on that day in the afternoon or towards the afternoon and we're going to do seven-minute pitches. Um, we're going to accept a number of the candidates out of the Sid Start and anywhere else for that matter. Send in your pitch now. And uh, we're going to sit down, we're going to get in the back of the car, get in the back of the Uber car, we're going to pick you up, we're going to give you seven minutes to pitch your story to us, what you're trying to do, we're going to give you seven minutes with the feedback, we're going to drop you off to the next corner, we're going to pick up the next person, we're just going to keep doing it until we've uh, finished the day, we're going to do it in Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, um, May- and Perth, and, Perth. Yep. and uh, not necessarily all of us, uh, I certainly will be, and then what we're going to do is select a winner out of the whole group, we've got some great partners, We've got National Australia Bank, NAB, we've got Telstra, and we've also now got Johnson Johnson J&J Group. Mm. And the three big organisations are providing opportunities um, in terms of a cash outcome. So there's going to be a cash prize ranging from 50000 to 100000 depending on which category you fit into. Um, they're also, J&J are offering to send, uh, Johnson Johnson are offering to send um, in the healthcare category, someone to uh, their campus in the United States, which is the leading healthcare technology campus in the world, I would say today, Johnson Johnson. Uh, Uber are going to send uh, the, the winner to the Uber campus and uh, introduce them to some uh, venture capitalists and also give them a run around the Uber campus. So this is like money can't buy type prize. It's pretty exciting. I don't know whether this has been done in Australia before, but I like to say it's the first time, and that's going to be fantastic. I'm really looking forward to it. I've never, I've never seen a prize this big. I mean, and you admitted to, to, to talk about the uh, domestic VCs as well, so they'll get domestic VC exposure as well. Correct, as, through Daniel Petrie? Absolutely, yep. And we're looking at one other as well, one of the biggest in the country, so we'll, we'll be in touch with them this week. Um, so this is just a great opportunity. I mean, you've got a bloody good idea and no one else has bothered to listen to it or you're finding it difficult to sort of get in a pitch or you don't know how to pitch. Um Get ready, come and put an application and if you're one of the lucky ones, one of the successful ones, we're going to talk to you and we're going to let you pitch and if you win, you know, everything, every door could open for you. It's, it's up to you. Taking to the streets, eh? Yep, going to the streets of Sydney and Melbourne and Brisbane so many, and Perth. So many guys like out there, these guys included, that, that aren't caught by the, the uh, mainstream channels. I think that, like, you know, they're, they're, not going, they're not a part of incubators, they're not um, part of a portfolio of venture capital, they're not... Um, you know, already well-established, well-known businesses, but they're still important, right? They're, they definitely deserve to be looked at. My word. And I mean, and when do you get an opportunity to talk to Roxy, Sarah-Jane, Matt Barry, Daniel Absolutely. Petrie, John Winning, who owns Appliances Online? Yeah. I mean, when do you get to talk to these guys? I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's not an easy thing to do. I'm lucky because I can make phone calls and people will allow me to talk to them. But mm. if you're an up-and-coming and you're just starting up, you just think, one, you think you're not entitled to it. Uh, two, you get scared to be able to do it. Um, and this is not a sort of a hard-nosed thing, a bit like the shark tank. It's not like that. We're not going to be destroying people. This is not about carving people up. It's about encouragement, nurturing, listening, suggesting ideas, um, you know, and being nice to them, basically, helping them out. We're, yep. not, we're not there to slam anybody. So don't be afraid. Absolutely. What do, you, what do you think, guys, uh, Sarah-Jane and Roxy, you guys both start up your own businesses. It wasn't thrown to you. So what do you think about an opportunity like this for new young people? Sarah-Jane, why don't we start with you? Well, I, I think it's a wonderful idea because it's you, it's so hard to take the idea into, um, you know, 
it's it's hard to take the idea and actually make it happen, especially if you're not talking to the right people. And as you say, like, if you don't have a network of people that you can talk to or, you know, have had the experience, then you just hit this brick wall. So for these young people to be able to talk to you and other business people, I think it's it's a great opportunity. And to you. I mean, you've well, been through it. And, yes. Yeah, well, I've been, been through, through it. I've been through it. I was lucky enough to have an angel investor who um, who was living in London at the time and Heidi and I talked to him about this idea of of launching a fashion brand because we couldn't find what we wanted to wear in the market. And he he was an investor who had actually helped a lot of people out at, 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 in different um, areas and he said, look, I'm, I'm willing to give you, I think it was 70 grand at that, that stage, um, 35 grand each, and that was a lot of money to us. So we um, obviously took that and we repaid it to him within a year and a half with interest. So we're really proud of the fact that we um, paid it's it back to him. You took some debt then, hey, so you had to pay it back. Well, it w- no, he said to us, look, I mean, he was very, very wealthy. So seventy grand was like seventy dollars. Yeah. You know, so it was like, if I get it back, great girls. But if I don't, you know, don't it's worry like a about con it. Note type thing. So it was like, okay, <laughs> that's a great deal. What news rate you paying? Oh, we just plucked something from the air. I think <laughs> we were a little bit dodgy at that stage. So it was. You um, said we'll pay you three <laughs> percent. Gave him some, gave him some gear. Yeah, yeah exactly. we gave his, his girlfriends a few jeans and. But as it, girlfriends, but it's a big, it's a big help. That seventy grand then is a lot of money. I mean, when you're starting a business up, seventy thousand dollars is a lot of money. Absolutely. Back then, it was ninety nine, nineteen ninety nine. So it was. A lot of money, and it was a lot of debt for us to take on as well. I mean, we basically had nothing, so we thought, well, if it doesn't work, what we'll do is we'll go and work in other jobs and we'll make sure we will repay him. We always, our intention was always to repay him because we were always very independent and we never wanted to owe anybody any money in, you know, in the world. So it was, it was um, you know, it, it worked out for us. But we were lucky. You know, we were really fortunate to be able to tap in. when you did in. the deal? Did you give me any of that? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, you did, you did. You're counting it. Oh, oh no. no. I mean, he written back and said, look, listen, by the way. <laughs> remember me. Sadly, he's actually passed. Oh, okay. So he's in heaven now looking over it. But he was a very generous man and just loved the spirit of an, of entrepreneurs. And, um, you know, he, he actually gave some money to his driver to start these corner stores and then this guy went on to be a great, you know, have a great empire with these corner stores. So it was, you know, just one of these really spirited people that yeah. are really Believe. yeah. a believer and encouraging young entrepreneurs. So now you're giving back, which is cool. Yeah, I, I mean, absolutely, I'd love to. Yeah, thanks very much. And Roxy, like you've been, you're, you're in a tough industry. Tough, <laughs> Real tough, tough. Industry. tough. Yeah. Uh, and you're pretty tough too. I've seen you perform, by the way. Exactly. Um, why, why do you think this Uber pitch idea is good for young Australians or any Australians for that matter who are out there having a crack? I think it's so important. I mean, I didn't have a mentor when I started. I was a receptionist at Diesel, the denim jeans company, and I sort of worked my way through that business. Um, when I started on my own some four years after working there, after doing PR for just four months there, um, 
I didn't have someone to ask questions. And you know what? Even to this day, 11 years on, there's mistakes I've made, which had I have had that infrastructure to be able to pick up the phone and ask someone, I wouldn't have made those mistakes. And some of them have been very, very costly. So I think having that open door policy to say to people, if you've got a good idea, if you're not sure if it's a good idea, ask the question. And I have that open door policy in my office. Now I get that many emails. I'd spend probably at least an hour a day answering people's emails. And some of them are really crazy. And then some of them are really good ideas. But I try and take the time to answer each one because I never had that opportunity. You know, and my parents were obviously helpful, but they had no idea what PR was. Um, So I'd ask them a question and they'd sort of look at me blankly and say, what is it you're actually doing every day? Um, And I never had anyone from a PR background that I could ask. I mean, there was Max Markson for five seconds, but then when he brought out Corey Worthington, (laughs) I was like, I think I'm going to stop asking you questions. Um, So I never had it. You learn what not to do. Yeah. Well, and I always say that, you know, I interview people now and I'm like, he's a good example of what not to do. Um, But the reality is I never had that. I never had a mentor. I never had someone to ask questions to. If I made mistakes, I made mistakes and I had to pick myself up and keep going. So to have an opportunity where people can pitch their ideas, you can give them constructive criticism. And like you said, not like Shark Tank. Like that's a horrible show to watch. I actually refuse to watch it because they go in there, they're so passionate, they're so enthusiastic and bang, they're cut down instantaneously. They haven't even hardly finished their sentence and they're saying, no, it's shit. So I think having an open door policy and being candid, being kind in the way you're candid is very important. How important, ladies, do you think... um this is for Australia. I mean, because I mean, what, one of the p- things I'm trying to prove, or we're trying to prove, is that Australia is as good as anywhere in the world. I mean, everyone keeps banging on about San Francisco and the Valley and blah blah blah, and what goes on in Israel now in terms of software development, as a you know, in terms of technology, we can do everything in this country. We got we got the world's best environment. We got uh, we got as many resources. I don't mean you know, I don't mean commodity resources. I just mean resources in terms of uh, intellectual resources and physical resources as any other country in the world, in fact, better than anywhere else. Um, I don't see any reason why Australia has to talk about the brain drain. We should be actually locking people in in this country and in particular in this city and and making sure the Australian government should be making sure that we nurture them and actually build brilliant ideas out of, out of this country. What do you guys reckon? Uh, look, it's an in- interesting point because, you know, here I always say to myself, if I had have started my company in the UK or anywhere else, I'd be a small fish in a very big pond. Whereas in Australia, you have a chance to shine. We're in a small, it's a small population. If you've got a good idea, you've got so much more opportunity than anybody else around the world to really, you know, make your mark. So I, I totally agree with you. I think it's very important. And there's plenty of great talent here. And we're a small population, so you've got a chance to shine. Yeah, and you can test things out here. Yeah. What, what do you think, Sarah-Jane? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean... I- it is sometimes a little bit harder to tap into um, the money, but now with your, your you know, with you, you doing what you're doing and um, making it much more accessible for these young entrepreneurs to tap into, you know, um, mentors and financial means. I think um, why not? It's 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 a great country. We've you know we've got a great balanced life here. I think it's a really um, you know, great platform to launch something, and also the world is global now. So, but the world is that's a, but it's a good point because <laughs> I was actually thinking that myself. The world is global in, in in terms of business is global, and it doesn't matter. You can produce something here, particularly if it's an intellectual idea or, or a design or something along those lines. It can be exported, and it can be exported easily yeah. by via the internet. Yeah. You don't actually physically have to be in San Francisco. And the only thing that San Francisco offers is it has it has a, a population of people who like to invest money and people give you a go. 
Um, the point in this country is that we've got superannuation funds, we've got, I don't know, one and a half trillion dollars worth of superannuation in, the, in Australia at the moment, who are probably sick and tired of investing all their money in a volatile share market. Um, don't really know where to put all this money. You know, every year, 9% of everyone's wages goes into superannuation, just keeps getting built up, built up, built up, built up, and they've got to make contributions. They've got to actually make investments, I should say. If they just took a small slice of that total fund of a trillion and a half, whatever it is, mm. uh, and every year invested into startups, we actually could have our own Silicon Valley. Absolutely. Without any trouble. And that would make shitloads of money. Mm. And, and and what the government needs to do is give them some sort of incentive to do that. That's sort of what I've been banging on about. You know, Hopefully with Mr Turnbull now. Well, Turnbull sort of knows about this industry. He certainly understands startups. He understands mm. entrepreneurs. He understands having a crack. So, um, you know, let's see if uh, he and his uh, junior minister, who's now the Minister for Innovation, and also Chris Pine, who's the senior minister for, for that same area, um, actually start to take notice of this. And that's why we've got on the big guys. That's why we've got NAB, Telstra and Johnson Johnson with us because they also have big ideas, they're big organisations that contribute in a large way to Australia and they can actually have some influence over government for us as well. They have the same frustration. Ask Mark. Tweet Mark with your questions at Mark Boris. M-A-R-K-B-O-U-R-A-S. Right. Well, let's um, let's have a look at some of the some of the guys out there having a crack in the, the broader ether. The guys, our listeners, our loyal listeners, um, a lot of the same people actually write in every week, which is really, really cool and, and impressive to see. So first, this is it's, you know, and by the way, some of the questions are you know they're they're broad. I mean, some of them are business pitches, some of them are, are, are business questions, some of them are questions pertinent to Dad's own personality. Um, some of their, some of them are, uh, are personal propositions to date, which I won't get into today. But um, can you leave mine out today, please? <laughs> yeah, I've got you under a pseudonym, Roxy. <laughs> Thank okay. you. I'll read it out, Rachel. Uh, <laughs> um, so this one comes from Peter Tran. I think he's um, uh, a Queenslander, so we might just skip him. No, no, no I'm kidding. Um, great to see my beloved Broncos get over on the Roosters. Do you still get by on five and a half hours sleep a night, as in your book? Also, is that something that you teach or you make yourself do or is that just the makeup of the person? Uh, Peter, Peter, is it? Peter is. Uh, mate, I have got over the Broncos beating um, the Roosters and when I got over it was when um, Queens, North Queensland scored that try in the last second of the grand final and they beat <laughs> Brisbane. So I got over it that minute. Um, um, uh, but in terms of the five and a half hours, uh, I wish I could sleep longer. Uh, I'm uh, consistently tired. Um, but it's just the makeup of me. I don't. I don't seem to be able to sleep very long for a long period of time, and depending on what I got on my schedule, it tends to sort of get in my head a little bit and scratches scratches around. So, like last night, I was laying in bed thinking about how pissed off I was about having to fly to Joburg tomorrow afternoon um, via Singapore. Uh, uh, direct. Yeah, with a three-hour wait in Singapore, and then when I get off in uh, the airport in Joburg, it's a two hundred kilometres to the hotel I'm staying at, which is a two and a half hour drive. I'm there for twenty four hours, and I do the same thing coming back. And that, so those sort of things sort of tend to keep me awake at night. And uh, Rock, Sarah, Jane, how many hours do you guys do a night? Oh, I'm a good sleeper. I sleep eight, <laughs> yeah. but I think sleep's really important. Oh, yeah. I'm horrible. Absolutely horrible. I went to bed at 2 o'clock this morning, hence why I'm coughing and, and look like something the cat's dragged in this morning. I'm like you. The brain's ticking over, ticking over, ticking over. I wish I could sleep longer. I really wish I could get eight. I mean, sometimes I do, like, you know, if I'm completely exhausted. Um, but do you think it's about uh, uh, Roxy and I basically uh, sort of schizophrenic and whatever, um, and you're not <laughs> in Sarah the nicest Jane? possible I way? Think so. Yeah, now yeah. that. 
No. I mean, you, but what about when you were running the business, though, when you were sort of in the early stages? Did you have the sleepless nights? Oh, look, I've always been very conscious of health and, and sleep and I think if, the only times I didn't sleep through the business was when um, I was having some HR issue with a person in the business or that type of stress. But um, other than that, I really prioritised my early nights. And with three children, you've got to be fresh. You've got to get, you know, you've got to get... Um, get the sleep in to manage the day. How old are your kids now? They're 10, 9 and 6. 10, 9 and 6. Mm. Well, and, and Roxy, well, you got kids. Emily, how's that work for you? I've got two now. I know. I've been very busy. <laughs> I know. I mean, you had a kid like two years ago or something. Yeah. Um, How old's uh, you? Actually, 15 months ago. 15 so months. I've got Hunter, who's 15 months, and I've got Pixie, who's four. But we'll be retiring at five, Mark, and we'll need to invest her Pixie's bow hair money somewhere. So <laughs> I'll be coming actually, to talk one of the to boys you. at Telstra was telling me that your daughter has quite a following on, on Instagram. Is that yeah, true? I'm like the poor cousin. She's got 109,000. Are you serious? It's a phenomenon. <laughs> it's like, it's the most unbelievable thing. As I say, she literally earns more money than that's, I do. Uh, that's, that's a big <laughs> same. That's a phenomenon hired. coming from a mother who runs a PR, oh. a PR business saying her daughter's a phenomenon. How good is she? Yeah, How good is that? Brilliant. That's good. My yeah. daughter's a phenomenon. <laughs> from Roxy Jacego. You heard it here first. Um, second question from the same guy. I thought this was a good one. Mark, what are the greatest challenges you've faced personally and professionally? How did you overcome them? Um, also, how have you achieved what you have um, to date? And what do you, what do you, what's the, the next challenge you'd like to destroy? And he ends that sentence with, go hard against Danny, mate. He doesn't stand a chance. So perhaps he's already answered. This, this came a few, you know, a few weeks, well, a couple of months ago, I think. So, well, Dan, Danny went, went easy on me, so I'm sweet. Um, that uh, definitely wasn't the hardest personal challenge. Not I saw that fight. That was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't in the ring, mate. <laughs> you were on the other side of the ropes. I saw, I saw Danny wink, like, winking at me and having a, a, a oh, yeah. coffee like between, you know, whilst you're on the floor getting yeah. your breath back. Yeah, right. Uh, okay, we'll move on from that. Um, <laughs> personal challenges. Well, I, the, right now my biggest thing I want to smash, I actually want to, the big thing right now is this Uber pitch. Um, to, to me, I mean, Yellow Brick Road is a, is, a, is, a, is a big business for me now. It's become, it's not the startup that it was years ago. It's more a big business now. We're doing a bit and a half a month in new business, new loans. Um, that's a lot of business. And, you know, there's hundreds and hundreds of people working in the organisation and, you uh, um, it, it's important to me to you know to maintain our position against the banks, um, the, the big four banks. That, that's important to me. Um, TZ is, is an important business to me, but again, we are now in you know six different countries around the world. We're doing you know hardware and software for governments and you know massive organisations. There wouldn't be a tech titan in the world that we don't put our gear into. So th- that business is going well. I mean, we, what we needed to do is actually grow f- at a faster rate. It's growing at 100% per, per annum, but like it'd be good if it was 200% per annum. So my, but my big, big thing, the thing I look forward to every week is this stuff, uh, doing the, having these conversations. And Uber Pitch has come at the right time. Um, becoming a portal for small business guys and girls, uh, entrepreneurs, to be able to take their business to somewhere um, and actually change the way Australia operates in the startup world would be fantastic. That would be a true global business for me. And uh, I think Uber Pitch is a start of that. And uh, so that's probably my, my big game right at the moment. It only takes two hours a week from me, but like it's the most exciting two hours a week I, I spend for sure. Good answer. Good answer. Thanks, Nick. Um, <laughs> So the next one's actually, this is actually a really interesting one. It comes from a, a lady named Linda Donahue and um, she actually wrote a really long thing that I've tried to cut right down and, and, and grab the guts out of. What what sort of um, poked out to me in this in this piece that she wrote? I mean, the 
the thing that she's getting at or the, the problem that she wants to bring to your attention is people being, are we, are we being disruptive or are we being distracted? So she's trying to sort of, she's trying to sort of look at um, with all this startup phenomena happening and all the press talking about it all the time and um, you get, you know, uh, unicorn stories over in the States and here in Australia with Atlassian, the billion dollar valuations, all that sort of stuff. It's sort of like um, moths to a flame type thing. Mm. Are we, are we, all getting distracted by this big phenomena, or should we be focusing on disrupting more? Or, should, or do we? Is there a glut, basically? Yeah, that's actually a good, really good point. And HBR, Harvard Business Review, writes about this constantly um, about the process of what is true disruption. Yeah. And I know I don't think a lot of the noise is true disruption. Mm. Um, disruption is a good thing, but it's got to be true disruption. And and Professor Clayton Christensen is the the world guru in terms of what is true disruption. In fact, he coined the term originally many, many years ago. And he now is out there actually being quite critical of what yeah. you're just describing. Moss, is this really more moss to a flame? Everyone wants to be a disruptor. Yeah. Um, do you think too many people are trying or do you think... No, I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't actually, I don't think enough people are trying. But the, the, the point being here is I think people should make sure they keep their business, their job, mm-hmm. their cash flow going and do this trying at night. So yeah. I think it's actually a valiant thing that, people are doing around the world, trying to build something outside of their day job. I think it becomes a problem when they are dreamers and that they're actually give away their day job, they've got no uh, cash flow and they're sort of struggling to make it happen. And I think it can be a problem then. And then that's when it becomes a distraction. And sometimes I think some people use the so-called disruptor model as an excuse for, um, you know, not going out there and actually just putting in the, the hard yards in an office environment or wherever, whatever the environment is and then actually doing this sort of stuff at night. My view, that's just a, it's a personal view and it can get out of control. What we're not here to do is to foster that. Mm. You know, we are not here with the pitch or with uh, the Mark Burrell show. We're not trying to foster that type of wrong thinking or, or uh, um, unbalanced thinking. Yeah. We're here to help people think properly about this stuff. And mm. so, you know, I'm hoping that, Roxy and Sarah Jane, for example, and, and Daniel and, and John and uh, Matt will give constructive advice to someone and say, look, what you're doing sounds like a bloody good idea. Um, it's going to take a lot of time and effort and a lot of work and you should be prepared to be patient with it. But in that meantime, what you've got to make sure of is you've got some cash flow to live off. You've got to pay your rent, you've got to eat, and you've got to actually advance yourself just in case something doesn't work, something doesn't go wrong. Right, and, something, and generally speaking in these environments, something always goes wrong. Um, so I, I think there's some some something in that uh, Nick, and uh, and I think it's it's a, it's a bit of a warning signal, mm. and we can't get we can't let disruption become trendy, mm. which is sort of in some parts of the world it is becoming trendy. I think you, even just to broaden that out as well. I mean, I, I sort of agree with her in part. As in, I think we're just generally we're doing we're all we're all trying to do so much, and it's almost like trying to walk through this you know a whole group of people trying to walk through the same door at the same time. You know, like people are spreading themselves too thin. I mean, I know how it is throughout the week just trying to organise, you know, you and Nick, you know, to, to do bits and pieces. You've all got so much on. And I guess, you know, focus and concentration um, has sort of become something that I see less in the professional environment, not just startups, but but also in everyday life. Maybe we should sort of pick a few things to focus on and, and, and concentrate our energies in those areas to get a better result. But that's a fair comment. Roxy, you, you manage, you just don't do PR, but you actually have a lot of clients you manage generally. I mean, what's your view on that? Do they, your, your clients, do they tend to try and do too much? 
Um, <clears throat> I think I try and do too much. And to your point that, you know, try and do something and do it well rather than trying to spread yourself too thin is a very important thing in business. Um, but I'm an obsessive compulsive and I put my hand up to do everything and more. Really, whilst I'm sitting here, I've got 10 other things that I should be doing and I know I'll be chasing my tail until probably 1am tomorrow morning trying to do it. Um, but at the same time, I think it's also important to remember that if you've got an opportunity to take it, um, not to think I'm too busy, etc., run with it because the opportunity will pass you by and someone else will pick it up. So even if you can't fit it in and maybe you aren't doing it at 100%, you're doing it at 90%, take the opportunity. So, if you don't but how do you get your work, balance? How, how, do, how do you... I don't. That's yeah. the truth. I don't have a balance. I'm a, I'm not normal in that respect. But that said as well, I mean, there's people out there who, you know, social life for them needs to be 50% of their life. Well, that's not for me. I've never, ever been one. I'm the most non-social PR girl you'll ever meet. I can put on I a front... wouldn't be able to tell that from your Instagram Well, page. no. It, you said, but that, <laughs> that's the thing. You know, I'm selling a dream of sorts. You know, yeah. if you're a potential client for me... Yeah. Correct. You look at fast cars, you know, big boats, and you think, well, if she's achieved that from what she's doing in her business for clients, maybe she can do that for me too. And yes, <clears throat> I've been very, very lucky, but at the same time, I've, I forgo other opportunities. So if I've got any time off of the weekend, that's with the children at home. That's not at a restaurant having dinner with friends. That's not going to wherever it may be, a concert. Yeah. I don't do any of that. Um, so I don't have a balance. And I'm the first to put my hand up and say, yes, it's probably not healthy, but at the same time, I've got an opportunity now and I think since I was 24, 11 years ago, when I started it, if I hadn't have had that outlook, I wouldn't be where I am today. You know, sort of three books down, Celebrity Apprentice, the business. I've now got three businesses. But you're not dead, so, so I mean, you're going okay. Correct. I yeah, well, I am in debt, too many cars. I was, just, I was just about to say that as well. I, I do kid. I mean, most of the photos I see of Roxy on Instagram is her with the kids. So, yeah, which always. is which you've got to have time for your kids. Yeah, right, I mean, that, that's my balance. Um, Sarah Jane, what, what about like, like, do you think you need to be a bit obsessed and focused and, and, and do away with your social life to really hit it big? Yeah, look, I think there's um, a balance and I think uh, it's really important to take opportunities when they come, but it's about taking the right one. Yeah. And I think also it's, it's the power of saying no. Mm. And I find... The less, I think you've got to focus on really the path ahead rather than getting too distracted by all the opportunities mm -hmm. that come your way because there are many and, um, you know, I, I've, after 15 years of being in Sassambide, you know, every week there was 10 opportunities but it got to the point where it was like, okay, if we do all those then the designing will suffer and the business will suffer So, and our family life will suffer. So you've got to prioritise what mm. means the most to you. Yep, absolutely. Can I ask you, did you, um, did you marry, were you and Daniel married after you already set up Sassenbide? Well, we've been engaged now for about 15 years. So, but you had a kid at nine. <laughs> no nine, rush to get married, So you got a nine-year-old kid, kid ten, right? Ten, nine and six, Ten, right. Yeah. When was Sassenbide set up? Uh, it was set up in 99, November 99. So. Okay, so, so you, were you going with Daniel then? No, uh, I met Daniel probably about five years into it. Right, so you, you'd already set your business up, so yeah, to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Heidi. But yes, already which going. was a beautiful time <clears> because it was just Heidi and I and we were so focused on the business and, it, you know, it was Because I was going to ask life. you that. How, how, how hard is it to maintain a relationship? How hard do you think it would have been to maintain a relationship during the first five years? Or did you just have no time for a relationship? Look, I think it was just, I, I, it was clearly the business came first at that time of my life because it was all consuming. There was not a lot of time. We, we would be working, you know, eight to eight and then on the weekends we'd do 
Bondi markets uh, to earn some money to live off. So we'd sell secondhand clothing. So it was really a seven day, seven days a week um, job for us. But um, you know, as as we started to employ more and more people, then the workload became um, you know spread out. So it allowed us more time to actually breathe and enjoy life. So you, you, you I know Daniel. He's quite a balanced guy like he's well he looks that way anyway he looks yeah, like he's, he's pretty chilled calm. yeah um he's always actually been that way i remember when he was a young kid um i'm old enough to remember that and uh <laughs> and uh he was he's always been sort of pretty much the same to some extent everything's always come pretty easy to him because he just has lots of talent um he's quite a talented bloke um but at the same time you seem to be similar to him just looking at you now you seem to be sort of quite a balanced person. Where we juxtapose as Roxy yeah. sitting over there, who's who's seeing herself. She, she, she's seeing it herself. Oh, what, what email I got to send? Uh, Who am I sucking? And today? by the way, the good thing about it is that they both work. Yeah, they do, and it's, they're just different personalities. Exactly. So, and to answer, yeah. and looking at the, you know the, the the questions that are coming through to, from you know people who are looking at our website, Nick, or looking at the show. Um, the bottom line is you got to be who you are, hmm. and just do it the way it suits your personality best. I mean, I'm, I probably tend to be more on the Roxy side of things um, because, but I'm a little bit manic. Why um, the kids? Spending, why spending time with the kids? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I spend plenty of time with you guys. Oh, I live with you guys for ages. But we're not going to go there. Um, for ages. What am I talking about? I live with you guys. Uh, but anyway, you're all grown up now. So, um, but it, and you're all okay. You know, pretty much okay. Uh, minus a few Debatable, things. Yeah. <laughs> Debatable, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, but so I guess for anybody who's listening to this and thinking to himself, do I have to be like Roxy or do I have to be like Sarah Jane? Do I have to be like Ma? Look, you be, you, do what you do. Um, just make sure you know it all and have it all, know all your own personality and have it all in perspective in terms of what the business requires. Mm. I think that's probably the best outcome from what we've just discussed. I think we've got time for one more. Um, do we want like uh, do we want a do we want a serious one or do we want like a something a bit more lighthearted? <laughs> we go lighthearted if you want. We go lighthearted. Okay, so we got this young kid um, who's written and he's got a business idea. I, th- I think it's a she actually. So apologies. Um, I think how how fun is their name? So it sounds Vietnamese, and the the email address is. I thought the name of the business have fun. How fun? Uh, well, actually. Not, not far off the name of the business. So let me, let me read the email to you. So my name is Hal Fun. I'm from Australia. I've seen you a bit on TV shows like Apprentice and the Footy Show. I'm not sure if you'll get this email, but at least I tried. My dream is to become the youngest CEO out there. So I'm, I'm guessing she's pretty young, given there's some pretty young CEOs. Um, I have an idea that I think will help, will, will help me personally. Um, I've been thinking about how hard it is to find love and how people are scared of using the internet because of scammers. From my knowledge, it costs scammer victims over hundreds of millions of dollars every year. Why not have an online dating site that is connected to a club or coffee shop? The company could be called Love, patent pending. (laughs) Have a coffee shop open Monday to to Sunday, 6am to 10pm, then after the cafe closes, open the club up. (laughs) Also, the club could have a VIP area. That lets uh, that is available for hire, e.g., a birthday room, VIP room. Um, who that the people of that have VIP will get extra security and drinks um, during that time. Also, when you enter the club, you will have a bracelet 
The club will have three rooms for intimacy where there'll be a security guard and worker. The bracelets express things that you're looking for. And I won't go into what each bracelet. Well, some of them are looking, one's looking for love. One's I uh, want to have fun without my BF. Um, and the other one's probably a bit rude for the show. Mate, <laughs> um, <clears throat> nothing's too rude for the show. Well, I, I know there's more details, but I thought I'd just give you a shout out. The question is, do you believe in love and do you want to have Me. fun? Me? <laughs> yeah, you. <laughs> love, the, love, the, love the business. Yeah. Uh, uh, do you the, believe the, in the concept? Of love? Of the business. The, of the business. The, the online dating site with, uh, with the cafe yeah, well, and club well, I, I, I guess so, because obviously, <laughs> you know, obviously he or she who wrote in there, her fun um, thinks that it's a, it's, a, it's, it's a requirement or something that they need. Um, I, I, I really don't understand all this sort of online dating stuff. I, I must admit, I've never, I mean, I should pass over to you, Nick. You've been on Tinder or Grindr, one of the, which one? Oh, well, <laughs> Grindr. <laughs> Uh, no, I have to, oh, try to try everything once, right? Um, <laughs> um, then I, I wouldn't say they're dating sites, but I, I, look, I've got a couple of friends that have now now have long term partners off the back of sites like eHarmony and Match dot com. So right. it is working. In fact, um, I won't mention his name. He's a very well known business person. But one of my mates that I went to school with, his mum was alone for a very long time. You know, she was you know gets harder for girls that are single uh, post fifty. And um, she went on eHarmony and she, the bloke that she's now with, uh, she met through the site, he's, you know, he's an uber successful guy. He runs a huge um, global uh, engineering services company. Um, and, you know, like they, they have the most, you know, they have a great life together now. I mean, she's not with him, you know, like they, she, apparently his profile hadn't omitted any of that information about his personal net worth and that sort of stuff. And they talked to each other for a couple of months, you know, getting to know each other over the site and they eventually met up and now they're married. So um, it seems to be working. I, I think we're in a digital world now. And I, don't uh, see, I, I, I yeah. just think it's another platform. I, Absolutely. I, I don't really see... It's a good way to screen as well, right? I mean, like how, how often do you rock up to a date and the person starts, you know, for the, after the first 10 minutes, you just want to get out of there. You know, I mean, it's probably a better way to sort of mitigate, you know, a bad first encounter by, you know, working out, does this person have the same interests as me? Filter. Well, yeah. I, I might uh, defer on the answer over there and I'll ask the ladies. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, you probably had no experience in the area, but I mean, but do you have friends who've done this sort of stuff? Like, you know, like... Well, look, you certainly can't ignore it, and it is where all the young ones are now dating. And, you know, why not? It's, it's, I think it's getting harder and harder to meet people, I hear, and I think it, it is a great platform, right? Well, I guess we're, <laughs> we're looking we're, at me. I mean, you know, I'm going all right, all right? Okay. Jakey, come on. I'm doing okay. <laughs> Jakey, what do you got to say? Uh, I find the whole thing a bit weird, the whole <laughs> online dating thing. I mean, I've, I've been married for a year, so yeah. I've never partaken in online dating. And I, I, even He's if, in that honeymoon stage. You'll be on the internet in a year. No, Give it Ashley a year. Madison. No, no, no. But I just find the whole thing a bit weird. Like, you could... I mean, it's one thing to book an Uber on an app and one thing to get Airbnb and find accommodation, but yep. to find love? I, I just find it a bit weird. I don't know. Well, yeah. What do you reckon, Rox? I'm not really into it, I have to be honest. No. Is, it, is it an age issue? or uh, Maybe it is. I mean, I'm 35 now. Maybe if I was younger, I'd be a bit more risque with the way I approached meeting someone. But well, to be honest with you, I used to be at the nightclubs yeah. on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So there were plenty of boys there. I didn't have to go on the internet as well to find them. Yeah. But that was then. Yeah, yeah. Maybe different now. Maybe maybe it's different now, though. I mean, I, I don't know. Mm. I mean, I, I, I don't have a sense of it. But, I mean, obviously this person is written in as quite young. And uh, so maybe they're just representing a demographic that we just don't fit into at the moment. And uh, 
But there's always new phenomenons arising. So at the end of the day, it's just a platform. It is a nightclub. Mm. Dating services are a nightclub. It's you know it's got the makings of something disruptive. I'd, I'd encourage our fund to, to keep working on it, keep developing the idea, maybe polish it up a bit, and then send us send us an info memorandum when you're done. <laughs> <laughs> um, no photos. <laughs> Looking forward. This is the week ahead. Well, thanks everyone for coming in again. Um, what we'll do is ju- it was a rather long podcast today, so what we'll do is we'll we'll cap the pod- actual podcast at the end of um, at the end of uh, the fan mail discussion. Um, and what and g- given that we filmed all the pictures today, what we'll do is we'll cut them up to, into three individual pictures, um, three individual clips that you can view on the website. Um, Stay tuned for, for next week. Um, there's a surprise coming for you, which means that I haven't really thought of anything yet to do. Uh, no, we've, we're just checking on availability of a couple of a couple of the guys that we want to come in. So don't want to sort of speak too soon. But clearly, should... we were boring as batshit. He's looking <laughs> for someone more exciting. <laughs> now you can welcome to come along again, please. <laughs> don't you usually have a little tagline or sign off. Don't listen to too don't listen to too much radio. Watch too yeah, much I TV. Don't, you don't need to listen to radio. You don't listen to television. I'm sorry I didn't listen cover. Off, I, I'm sorry I didn't cover off anything in terms of the economy. Um, but by the way, there's nothing to cover off because we said it the week before, and there's nothing going to happen until the next two weeks. There's no very few indicators out there at the moment, other than um, NAB put the business uh, the consumer confidence uh, the, that, survey. Is that the Westpac index? That's, that's, so NAB put out the business confidence uh, index, yeah. which was pretty good, and okay. the consumer confidence index was even better. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, bottom line is things aren't real good out there and they haven't been real good out there for a long time um, and uh, everyone's duck, running running for cover and ducking and weaving. I think sometime next year we could be in for an issue um, globally and particularly in this country, but we'll talk more about that in the next couple of weeks. I don't think there's any – there's no data out there that I need to talk about today. Cool. And uh, – uh, Keep bringing the, send those pitch, pitches in and the fan mail. Hey guys, we've we got, it. you know, for the pitches, we've got a proper part of the site now for your pitches, the pitch page. So you can, you know, upload your pitch docs, have a read about some of the things that we'd like to see from you guys regarding, you know, the, the compilation of your, of your pitch decks. Yeah, so, I mean, better, better to do it that way so that, I mean, that, well, I've got a centralised place to look at all of them rather than sort of digging through all the emails to find pitches. Um, and, you know, the guys that we didn't talk about today, I'll, look, some of them we do just need to answer privately. So I'll come back to you in due course. Thanks, guys. Great show. Thank you. This has been the Mark Boris Podcast. You can follow Mark on Twitter at Mark Boris and find out more at markboris.com.au. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.